This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Holy Gospel according to Mark chapter 10, Mark 10, 17 to 27. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals, it is impossible but not for God. For God, all things are possible. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. All things are possible with God has got to be one of the most well-known verses and quotes in scripture. And understandably, right, because if we're facing really tough things, if we're feeling backed into a corner, knowing that we can face no matter what it is with God's help is an incredibly comforting notion. And if you want to be reminded of this phrase, you can find it on thousands of items on Etsy or Amazon <laughs> or come up with ideas on, on Pinterest. Uh, there's thousands of items emblazoned with this phrase, all things are possible with God. There's a whole market around this one Bible statement. Uh, somebody might be making a lot of money off this <laughs> quote, which is a little ironic uh, given the, the context in which uh, we find this saying of Jesus, but we'll get to that a little bit more in a moment. And there's no shortage of motivational sermons and tweets. In 2018, Stephen Furtick of Elevation Church posted, with God all things are possible, and when my desire aligns with the divine, I am unstoppable. Well, apparently that's true. Uh, he regularly wears designer sneakers. Uh, it costs upwards of $750 or more on Sunday mornings. And can't wear those longer than a month or they're out of style. But did you know you can follow the expensive kicks that uh, preachers of megachurches wear on the Instagram, Preachers in Sneakers. So there's a whole, whole Instagram account. I think it has like 270,000 followers. 
just with pictures of the sneakers that preachers wear. I gotta up my game. I'm feeling way behind. We're probably not on it, sorry. <laughs> he can uh, same same preacher came under scrutiny for building a one point seven million dollar home eight years ago and his net worth today is around fifty five million dollars. Wow. With God, all things are possible. Joel Austin, who has 10 million followers on Twitter, tweeted in 2018, it's closer than you think, you're close to your healing, you're close to meeting the right person, you're close to a new level. Now don't give up on what you're believing for. It may be taking a long time, but what you can't see is the angel is on the way. It could be today or this month. What if you knew it was next Friday, you'd stop worrying and stop, you'd stop worrying and start worshiping. With God, all things are possible. Well, the year before he tweeted that about not worrying, his church faced criticism during Hurricane Harvey as Austin himself balked at the idea of using the church to house refugees from the storm. Right? People were displaced because of the hurricane. And, you know, what are you worrying about? You know, with God, all things are possible. Staying in our church, not so much. And in 2020, Austin's church received $4.4 million in COVID relief funding, more than any other business or nonprofit or organization in the Houston area. And Joel Austin has a net personal net worth of $100 million. With God, all things are possible. <laughs> Hearing some of that may make you a bit cynical about the phrase, but its popularity remains unmatched. As we, it's a saying that, as we noted, Christians put on coffee mugs, bumper stickers, get well soon cards. It's recited in locker rooms, waiting rooms, prayer rooms, and, as we noted, used by mega-rich preachers to inspire thousands. But as always, we have to ask, what does Jesus mean when he is saying this? This is the only time in the Gospels where Jesus says this, Similar story in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, but it's the same context. So really, the, the only time we have Jesus saying this. And so, of course, it's critically important to consider how and when this is said. But in fairness, it's hard to put context and good biblical scholarship on a bumper sticker. Right? So if you do have this plastered, you know, on the wall in your breakfast nook, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> But it's said here, right, after a young man uh, decides his wealth is more important than his faith. His faith is fine when there's a list of things to check off, right, like the Ten Commandments. But when Jesus asks for his whole heart and thus all that he has, he balks and ultimately walks away. We have to be honest here that this is a difficult text, and it's no wonder that Christians throughout the ages have wrestled with it, because we have to wonder if we would do any different. Even the disciples are astounded, and Jesus says famously, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Right? Famous saying, we've all heard the saying. And commentators have attempted to soften this phrase. It really, Jesus really can't be saying that because that's absurd, right? That, that's, that is impossible. Oh, 
Maybe that was the point. So what commentators uh, did at some point along the way through Christian history and studying the Bible was come up with this apocryphal story that there was a small gate in Jerusalem uh, that a camel or a donkey could only enter after it was unpacked of everything it was carrying and then only on its knees. Right? That's a cute story, right? Except there's zero uh, archaeological, historical, or any other evidence for it, right? It's just one more way to keep us, shield us from what Jesus is saying. It can't be that difficult. That, that's too much. That's too much. Or as Chet Myers puts it, it is one of the more obvious ways devised to rob this metaphor of its class-critical power. In fact, the Babylonian Talmud records a similar hyperbole of an elephant going through the eye of a needle. And according to some uh, scholars, the idea was that there in Mesopotamia, the elephant was widely considered to be the largest animal, whereas in Palestine, the camel was considered to be the largest animal. The point is, the largest thing you can think of going through the smallest thing you can think of, that's how difficult it is. That's what Jesus is saying. Sarcastic humor, I think, that would be understood, right, by the crowd and certainly by the poor among them. Frederick Buechner puts it this way, and this was some years back. It is harder for wealthy North Americans to enter the kingdom than for Nelson Rockefeller to get through the night deposit slot at First National City Bank. <laughs> or we might say, than for Jeff Bezos to fit into your mailbox. Amen. But free delivery, at least. <laughs> <laughs> And so the disciples, right, imagining this possible, impossible scenario, cry out, well, then who then can be saved? Right? If that's true, is there hope for any of us? And it is only here, after speaking about the power of wealth to keep us from the kingdom, that Jesus says all things are possible with God. So we have to put this, right, in its proper context. And the disciples are incredulous because the dominant ideology was that wealth equals blessing from God. And I'm not here to debate whether that's true or not, but that, was, that helps us understand why they're so astounding, right? It's sort of turning things on its head. If anyone can be saved, it should be the wealthiest, right? Because they're the most blessed by God. But Jesus repudiates that, contending instead that the only way for the rich to be saved is by the redistribution of their wealth. But of course, talk like that can get you into trouble. <laughs> it's no wonder we bend over backward in this country to come up with other ways to use this phrase. It flies right in the face of our national pastime of celebrating folks who make the Forbes 500 list as the role models, the epitomes of, of being the best kind of human. And in case you're wondering, and I'm sure some of you are, you can get a my pillow stitched with all things are possible <laughs> with God on it. Well, there was a couple of you wondering about that. Watch out. And of course, the founder of my pillow has a personal net worth of around $100 million. Uh, why not? But we won't talk about his other activities. But before, before, I was going to say, before we laugh too hard at that, maybe too late. But it's easy for us to point fingers at the super wealthy, right? That's, that's the easy approach, right, to this 
text. And we can do that and, and maybe feel morally superior. But what about us? That's where it gets sticky. Would we fare any better than this rich young man in response to Jesus' question? And if it was hard back in Jesus' day, it might be even harder today because we live in such an individualistic society, right? Where we feel on our own so often, right? It's up to us to pay our own bills. It's up to us to put food on the table. It's up to us to afford a place to live, put a roof over our family's heads and, and afford a car to get us from A to B. That is hard stuff. If you're darn right, I'm not going to sell everything I have and give it to the poor. The mortgage is due on the first of the month. There was an ad for the Audi A6 car a few years back that was probably more insightful than the company realized. The copy on the ad said the roads are underfunded by $450 billion. But with the right car, you may never notice. Right? The idea is that if it doesn't bother me, who cares? It's not a problem. I'm doing fine. Everyone else can worry about themselves. It's a very American idea. A perfect snapshot of our rugged individualism. But Jesus invites us to a different vision. One based not on the individual, but on the community. One in which we would have no problem sharing all that we have because we know that others will be ready to do the same. Because we care about the good of the whole as much as we care about ourselves. In such a vision, our own well-being isn't just on us. Because we're part of a community that takes care of each other. And the early church was a great example of this, right? They heard Jesus and were not confused. Right? Story after story in the book of Acts about selling all they had, sharing and having everything in common. And especially helping the poor. And that's what Jesus' miraculous feedings in the Gospels are meant to display, right? The miracle of multiplication through sharing. That is the new economic practice of the kingdom of God where there is always enough for everyone, and no one has to go without. But in our individualistic society, we were told there's only enough for a few, so hurry up and get what's yours. And if you get a super obscene amount, good for you. Not just true in our society, though. Watch uh, Squid Game on Netflix if you want to see another version of this. So be careful who you watch that with, I'll just say. But once in a while we get a glimpse of people taking Jesus seriously. I've been overwhelmed with the response of our community here at Holland UCC to the idea of adopting an Afghan refugee family. So many people so quick to respond, saying, what can I do, or here's what I can offer. I've got space in my home, or I can afford this many dollars per month. 
or I have an extra car, or I can babysit, or what can I do? I am ready to help. Here's a family, displaced, has probably almost nothing to their name. How can we help? How can we be there? This is a glimpse of what Jesus is talking about. And one other way to look at this story of this encounter between the young man, this rich young man and Jesus, is of a healing story. That Jesus is seeking to heal this young man from the sickness of accumulation and isolation. Accumulation and isolation. And of course, the healing didn't take in this instance. And you wonder, when Jesus looks at America in 2021, if it feels just as hopeless. Maybe. Maybe not. Because for God, all things are possible. And while that looks really great on a mug, it looks even better in practice. Amen. Amen. May it be so. Invited to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. streaming on Facebook. You can also watch these messages on the Holland UCC YouTube channel. And for more information, how to get involved, or to support our work, like us on Facebook or visit hollanducc.org.